when the bell goes for round number one. In the words of the legendary referee, Mr Mills Lane, the team at Rocked are firm but fair. Pundits at ringside, JJ and Mark Warren. I thought it was kittens, mate. It is. Long story. And now, pound for pound, round by round, fight fans, here we go! This This is Rocked. Well, JJ and MW, Kittens, Mark Warren, and Billy, the producer, we've been talking about this for a while. Well, welcome. This is episode one. This is Rocked, and we're brought to you by Cave, episode one, since 1999. They're celebrating 20 years to lose Ivanovic. This this one's for you, and welcome to Rock. Uh, Vision, create, and inspire. Cabe, an established privately owned developer of multi-award winning residential, commercial and mixed use developments across New South Wales and Queensland. I don't mind where you are. You might be sitting there in Miami or LA or New York. I'd love you to see a little bit of Australia the way that Cabe presented. And if you'd like to do that, simply go to cabe.com.au. And the reason we're doing that is this man and his company has helped out our triple world champion. I call him four-time world champion, four different divisions. Get to that and a whole lot more. Jeffrey Fennick, uh, you look a lot better than what I saw you recently. Welcome. This is Rocked, episode one. Well, it's an amazing honor to be on your first show, Rocked. And hopefully we're going to rock the audience and make them um, you know, keep listening to this great show. I was talking to this young man next to you, JJ. Tell me about this young man. Yeah, I met Jake a long time ago. His father's a really personal friend of mine, and John Rocker, who has um, you know sponsored me and looked after me for years and years when he was at BMW and now he's at Lexus and Sydney City Toyota. And um, this kid's like family to me. Um, he's uh, such a beautiful kid. He loves uh, training. He's doing some boxing at the moment, and um, I'm honoured to be able to help him and you know just try to teach him uh, how to do things properly. He's uh, one of those kids who. Yeah, gives you 110%, so it's always um, amazing when he's around. Well, I just met with Jay, and I'll tell you the truth. At first, um, I'd, I'd met his dad, and then by Mark Burros, and then I started talking, and this, here's this encyclopedia with so much passion mm. and accuracy for boxing. I thought, hey, hang on a second. I found myself a, a co-host for an idea that's been sitting here for a for a while, for some time. Yeah, the kid's very knowledgeable in, in, in all aspects of you know life and... Um, we were just with a, um, a, uh, a life coach um, from Sydney City Toyota who was helping Brock with media and stuff like that. And he would ask us all questions, but when he asked Jake, Jake kind of had a down pat. He's um, a very, very special young man. Well, your kids have got to walk in giant shoes, and he's got to walk in giant shoes. They're self-made, like yours were self-made, and what a journey. But that journey, without being too overdramatic, almost came to a, a sudden end, really. Um, and, and not just as he... A friend, but he also trains with you. And JJ was there in Thailand. It was October... October 1st we flew out. Yeah, October 1st. It was a a trip that really... I I, I can't explain to you guys just how much the nation was gripped. You were there, JJ. I I believe that it was quite surreal. Absolutely. It was testing. I'd probably say that would be the best word to sum up the trip. Mentally, physically, emotionally, it kind of had it all. I mean... When we took off, Jeff was in good health. And that's the chief, that's the captain. So we always look to him. And then uh, it, te- it it took a turn for the worst, probably three, four days in, I'd say. Mm. And then um, 
yeah, we just kind of went into, into, I suppose you could say panic mode at a few stages and it got pretty hairy there. But one thing that we did have was faith that he'd pull through. I remember back in the old days, he may not know this story, but I don't know if it was Bill Morty or Michael Dan. And they were talking to me about the Triple World Champion. I used, to, I was terrified, absolutely terrified of flying. And, you know, Michael Dan said to me, you know, that if, if this plane went down, Jeff Fennick could walk away. That was the invincibility, the aura. It may have been Bill. It may have been Bill Morty or it may have been Michael Dan. The point yeah. being... For Australia, there's such an air of invincibility. In fact, I think he said Jeff Fennick would tell you that he would walk away from this. Jeff, my first question to you, at what stage did you realise you were human? Uh, well, Mark, let me just tell you, if it wasn't for Jacob, Brock Jarvis and the rest of the team, um, if I went to sleep that night, I wouldn't be here today. That's that's a, a million percent guarantee. They said if I fell asleep that night, I wouldn't have woke up. That's how badly infected my um, heart and... Um, uh, the rest of my body was and well, I don't know I can um, only forever be grateful and thank these kids but like I said um, I certainly was never going to give up once I went to hospital um, I don't know I think that, that that fighting mode just switched on automatically and you know, obviously I've trained all my life and being that little bit extra fit I'm sure helped me but um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without like the boys um, bringing the ambulance to my room as they you know called and try to get in the room I told him to F off and mm. leave no, me No, it's alone. a podcast we can do it yeah. Billy, Billy the producer's over there waiting for the yeah. F-bomb right now Yeah, well I told him to you know, <laughs> F off and leave yeah. me alone yeah. and you know Go and get rocked Yeah, I, yeah. and I said that for like 10-15 minutes and um, during that time they must have went downstairs and an ambulance came up but I don't remember any of that Mark I don't remember I'm, apparently I made calls to Suji that night you know um, in tears saying that I had this um, crazy heart disease and my valve was all um, you know um, mangulated from being uh, having the, it was ninety percent compromised. Well, I'm not sure what I it was. I think that's basically what you just said. Ninety percent compromised. But yeah, so I just like I said, um, what do I do apart from thank the boys and thank whoever you're supposed to thank? Um, like I said, um, yeah, you um, had sore shoulders, but you're as fit as a fiddle. I, I saw you less than seven days prior uh, at the Zoo Academy, and we had a good chat. We hadn't been the three of us, Zoo, myself and yourself, together in the same company for a long time. And I remember you had a sore shoulder. Um, and But outside of that, yeah, it well, was my, business as usual. Yeah, the real funny thing is like through all this and through all the tests and all the scans and x-rays and everything else I've had, they can't actually find out where the infection came from. Mm. They, don't, they, still, they know what the infection is. They've identified all that stuff, but they just don't really know where it came from. JJ, so you're in Thailand, and I have read a... a, a, a wait, 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 and I certainly didn't have any ladyboys while I was over there. So <laughs> no. It didn't come from that. Definitely not. Joking, joking. JJ, so you, you're over there in Thailand, yep. in camp with Jackie Brubaker, preparing himself, stealing himself for Tim Zoo on December 6th. That's Absolutely. a different story. We'll, we'll touch on that with your boxing rap, local and overseas. Yeah. Now, he is sketchy about a lot of this. Tell me your, Tell me your recollection. Well, it was actually... So prior to leaving, I was doing a lot of training with Jeff and Jeff was telling me kind of the routine of the days. You'd get up in the morning, you'd run uh, at the track and then you'd come back, you'd kind of chill out during the day and then box in the afternoon. Now we were getting up at about seven o'clock local time to run and on the first day, Jeff met us downstairs, was in his gear. He said, boys, I'm not going to 
not going to go with yous today. Do your own. Business as usual. And he wasn't too bad, to be honest. The next day was kind was kind of similar, but he seemed to progressively get worse the longer he was there. Um, in terms of the night he went to hospital, it was it was pretty frightening, to be honest with you. I was I was with Brock and uh, one of the other fighters, Hassan Hamden, mm. uh, and uh, one of the other sponsors, Budgie, that was there mm. as well on the camp with us. And we went to his room, and it just wasn't Jeff. He's full of life and full of color, and it just wasn't him. And I think we kind of, b- between us all, knew that it was a little bit more serious than just a flu. So he band together. At he, which stage did he tell you to go and get rocked? That was that was before we got in the room, and then yeah. when, when he wasn't we, letting people in his room, correct? That's correct. He wouldn't let you in. No, no. So did someone kick the door down? Uh or did he let someone in? No, no, but uh, Budgie. Went and got it, or had a key. Yeah, a, a, key a room key. Room, so they let themselves in, but I couldn't get up, Mark. I wasn't in so bed. So you weren't fighting then? It was, oh, no, no. I was in bed just, yeah. But you didn't want to go to hospital? No, no. It's, I, you know, I'm not yeah, one of these guys who yeah. maybe is a bit too stubborn and uh, yeah, too tough for their own good. But no, I didn't want to go to hospital. I just wanted to, to lay rest, and I thought I'd wake up in the morning and hopefully feel a little better. But like I said, if I did sleep that night, I wouldn't be here today. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you got to the right hospital, one of the top 10 in the world. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's very, very close to where we stay. Um, Brock's had an operation there earlier in the year, and it was an amazing. I've seen them, you know, treat the rooms. Everything's amazing. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. You then, I don't, again, I, I come back to, back here in Australia, it, it was making news left, right and centre, and you're looking after your good friends at CABE. Even even when you may may have been leaving the yeah, building, you were yeah. you were, you were still pushing the brand. <laughs> um, Je- Jess to be married, there was no way they were going to release you. And I I just had this I text you and so forth, but I just had a feeling. I just had a feeling. I saw a post and I I thought that's an airport, or I could just I just had a sense that you were getting out of there because I, I couldn't work out how they're going to keep you sitting still yeah. for more than uh, more than a week in a hospital. I couldn't. No way. I couldn't get my head around. That. No way. When, when she arrived in the Bangkok with her then um, fiance, now husband, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, it was really upsetting to see. She was crying, and so she ended up getting married. At my bedside, yeah. and uh, oh, was, we saw it. Yeah, I understand that, but that was really <laughs> yeah. amazing to me. And I thought to myself, "Wow, how can I not be there to walk her down the aisle? What she just done? Flew all the way over there, brought this dress, put a party on in my in my room. Obviously, I you know I am you know, I was in, in more tears than anything else. But um, the day she walked out of there, I kind of said to myself, "I'm going home. I'm getting out Rain, of here. Rain, hail, or shine, I'm getting on that plane. Wow! And they looked so, after you, the yeah. airlines." Uh, no, it was all good. Um, I took a, a doctor with me, and um, uh, once I got off, I went by ambulance to the airport. They put me straight through. When I got off here in a, in, a, in Sydney, um, the airport people were amazing, and they put me straight in an ambulance, took me to um, RPA, somewhere I'll never go again, hopefully. And um, uh, You know a few people at the airport over yeah, the years. Really, yeah, but, <laughs> Any um, of the crew? <laughs> uh, well, they put me, uh, like I said, I was... Um, had to go and have all these tests, and once they'd done the test, it was about eleven o'clock. And I'm looking at my my uh, the time. And I'm with Mark Boros. I said, Mark, I checked myself out. So I walked out. We got into Mark's car, went to a hotel, got me got me dressed the best possible, and um, then we uh, went to the church. I hid for a 
you know, half an hour because I was the first one there. And when my daughter walked around the, the back of the church, I said, I was never going to let you walk down the aisle on your own. Walked it down the aisle, waited till church was over and rushed straight back to hospital in the emergency ward, uh, waiting to get a bed that day. I had to wait about seven or eight hours, but um, finally got a bed and... Um, yeah, I think that. I didn't know that. So straight after the church, you were you were yeah, straight back yeah, to hospital. Straight back in the emergency ward. Yeah. You're still rigged up here. This is yeah. antibiotics yeah, straight to a, the heart. Yeah, I've got a, a 24 hour a day drip that um, has a 43 centimeter uh, A line that goes through the bottom of my arm into my heart every day. So mm. I've had that for a few weeks now. But I've got it till December the third. But um, like I said, um, I've got to do whatever whatever they say, and I'm. Finally learned that, yeah. Well, um, it wasn't, well, yeah. indirectly it was through sport and boxing and training camp, but you're retired. I, was gonna, I remember we used to say when we got robbed in the desert all those years ago, at least we made it back alive, not like Les Darcy and, and Farlap. But you, you almost got on the list without being too flippant. Without being too flippant, let's talk some boxing. It's great to see you. Let's do it. It's great to see you. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I want to cuddle you. Let's rock, Mark. <laughs> um, looking ahead, uh, I will we'll touch on our boxing rap. Um, but Jeffrey Fennick, I some of the memories there was Kingston Town, there was there was Malcolm Johnston, and there was my idol Jeffrey Fennick. And as I said to you before, this air of invincibility, uh, who took Australian boxing and brought it back to his to its prime and. I, I had to watch him robbed of that fourth belt in the desert by Don King, not so much as Azuma Nelson, perhaps. You know, funny things can they're happen. All, they're all part of it. Funny things can happen yeah. at ringside. Yeah, like I said, um, you know, even to this day, sometimes I, I read things where Azuma Nelson says that he was a close fighter, he beat me, um, for him to say that, it's just a, a slur on himself YouTube, in the sport. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Mark, I'm this kind of guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you lose, you lose. You know, you know, you know when you've lost. In the in the, in the 12th round, I, if I didn't hold him up at the, when the bill went, he's, he's on the canvas. So, I mean, um, I, I uh, did an interview with Phil Rothfield the other day about the, the Barry Hall-Paul Gallum fight. Yeah. And he said to me, Jeff, what did you think was a draw? I said, listen, if it's a draw, hey, just leave their gloves on and give them another round. I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> Golden point. Fight I heard. I, I, I'm coming back round. to that promotion for, yeah. on a couple of fronts. Yeah. Let's stay in the desert, all right? Let me afford to zoom in all time around. He's knocked out. Well, I got to do the third one. And, I mean, I don't mind. It's still <laughs> There were still two warriors there. And you had a little victory, I think, to coin your phrase. I can still... And I reckon Billy, my producer, will probably grab it on YouTube and give us a little bit of... Uh, Fred Pachanko saying uh, something, you know, Azuma Nelson facing the end of the road as a young tiger, Jeff Fennick, punches him silly. And it was like that. And and you take about away everything else, but I can still hear Johnny Lewis saying, well, he should have got 25 years. Jeffrey should have got 25 years for assault on Azuma Nelson. It wasn't it wasn't close. Not that one. And And, and I don't think between the years, perhaps, Jeff Fennick recovered to the steely resolve that he may have displayed recently. Well, I don't know why, Mark. I can't put my... But you were unbeatable at that weight yeah, at that time. Yeah, I can't put my finger on why, but I was after that fight, I was never the same. Never. I remember going back, and I'll, I'll, I'm honest, I'll say it. I started to have some spars prior to me fighting mm. my girlfriend, Sia. Mm. And I said to Johnny Lewis, Johnny, I'm, I'm getting hurt. These Some of these punches are hurting me. I've never been hurt before. And uh, maybe, it's, okay, maybe uh, I don't know, it's, uh, three world titles is enough because... Uh, 
I was a cheeky little bastard all my life, and whoever that runs up there, so that's enough for him. But anyway, um, like I said, um, I know I won four world titles, and yeah, the people three different, four different yeah, divisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, listen, nobody's done in the, in the time that I done. No, no, no. Floyd Mayweather was saying how he uh, he won it in in ten years. Um, I had three three hand operations and done it in six years. So. Um, Pretty quick. I love that you said you didn't make any excuses there. I could talk about your hands. I could talk about your asthma. I could talk about your, you, you know, you, that fit that often the the athletes out there they get sick first. Their immune systems are down. I remember that you you would get sick when you were a young kid because you were that driven, that fit. But I I must touch on uh, Princess Park because I I must touch on right, Princess just before Park. we touch on there's one thing I want to say because there's this crazy rumor that Azuma yeah. Nelson when he fought me in Vegas. Had malaria. Excuse me, but what fucking doctor yeah. is going to let a, a rocking fight? doctor, rocking doctor? What yeah, but that's doctor? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. doctor is going to let, let a, an athlete fight with malaria? How do you pass the doctor's test? Mm. It's impossible. So that was just an excuse. And I've never made excuses for my loss against him. Um, I just know that he went back when I fought him at Princess Park. He worked his backside off. He believed in himself. He was and, a pound for pound, and that's and that's why he's such a great warrior because yeah. he believes he can beat anybody at any time. And um, yeah. There will never be another Azuma Nelson. Very, very special fighter. It's the first time Azuma Nelson, to, to try for you, JJ, to capture yep. the... Melbourne are the sporting capital of Australia. Yeah. I will say to my last breath. Um, and they idolise this man. And, and they're great to our boxers. But Princess Park in front of, I think, 32,000 people. 38. Oh, we're going to get pedantic. He's counting. Yeah, Dinkum. All right, there's nothing wrong with you. Did you just have memory tests recently? Nah. By right? <laughs> anyway, anyway well, 38,000. Uh, that's another story. But uh, at Princess Park, it starts to rain. I can see people from Ghana uh, dancing through the crowd playing tribal music. Um, I um, David Gingell is sitting over my shoulder. Uh, James is over my shoulder, James Packer. Mr. Packer is behind me. The man on the day that was the big winner in the rain at Prince's Park, he bought 10,000 garbage bags and sold them as ponchos at $10 a bag. I reckon Michael Dan might have been involved. I don't know. That's true. That is dead set true. And so I look, there was David, Dave Gingell, James, Kerry, everyone had a, had a, had a garbage bag garbage at ringside. Bag. And I was told that I could do updates on then 2KY. Yeah. But, but because Bill was at war with Sky, without forget all the politics, um, he sold it into race venues, Canterbury and Ramwick. Help me out here, Warwick Farm, and he'd sold as many as he could, and Rose he, he created Rose Hill, and he he created what was called Fight Vision, and and he came to me just before the fight, and he said, "I've sold as much as I can. Call the fight." Well, back then, JJ, a mobile phone, <laughs> it was a brick. I mean, he might have had one. it was a brick. And uh, so I started to call the fight, and then the people in Sydney started to get nervous and, and stopped me and cut me off. And back then it was big. Uh, people, mm. it was a, it was a, uh, an afternoon. People were out there watching the rugby league and and listening to the fights and listening to the racing and listening to Jeff Fennick. Was, uh, my hand almost, his, it was surreal for me. I saw Jeff Fennick hit the canvas right near my hands. Yeah, and that was surreal. It, the shock. You could have heard a pin drop. The warrior found his feet, but I think Jeff would probably now we can say it. He 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 had lost something that he couldn't put his finger on, but he also became the promoter of the fighter and partly the manager. 
in is that is that a fair call? No, no, definitely so. Um, you know, I, I tell everybody, fame and fortune changes everybody. Yeah. And um, I went from being this hungry guy who ran at five every morning and trained the same time to running when I woke up, making excuses, mm. uh, doing appearances every day in Melbourne, and uh, mm. something that I never would never even dream of doing before a fight any other time. I would just be at home in bed at eight thirty every night. But uh, like I said, um, wasn't meant to be. No, nah, no, fame and fortune changes everybody. But I mean, um. The, the, the great thing that I'm proud of in that fight, I got dropped twice. And yeah. if you look at the scorecards after the knockdowns, two judges had me even. So I fought my way back from, from two, you know, knockdowns. 10, eight rounds disaster. to be even. From so, disaster, um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and had I been able to, you know, um, not get knocked out or had he not knocked me out, I would have won the fight because it was just my tenacity and my, and my will to win and you're my still, volume you're, you're and my volume of punches. So, you know. Yeah. In terms of mindset, Jeff, where was your head at prior, prior to that fight? Wow, well, um, you know, um, let, let, let's just say one thing. Um, I had the biggest fight of my life. That that was the biggest fight ever for me. And um, my trainer, Johnny Lewis, who you know, I love dearly, but um, he had Virgil Hill fight. He had cost, I was sitting in a dressing room on my own for the whole you know, for the whole afternoon. And, mm. he, you know, I had nobody with me. And when I, when I got my injections in my hand, um, my doctor put the first one through my left knuckle, out my out the bottom of my hand and into my right knuckle. So um, I just think that I, when, when we talk about where was my head, my whole team said we weren't, weren't in the right place, that my mm. doctor was I out like that you before. said that. You're, not, you're yeah. not putting the blame on anyone. No, but nobody. You're no, saying, no, hey, no. We, we might have managed this a little differently if we had our time oh, no. over. No, 100% that I am. You know, I, am. I, I look over there because... Suze is not there and Kayla's not there and we talk pretty openly. You talk Everybody of, thought I was going to win. We we all yeah. thought it was just a, a foregone conclusion. You know, yeah. they thought, yeah. yeah. So, and that's how I feel. I, you know, trained every day. I Listen, I've done things that I shouldn't have that's done. That's what like I want. I said. Go there. Go yeah, there. Can I you mean, go there? I, yeah, Tell I, me about yeah. the women. and, and, and Yeah, so. I, would have, I was having sex four or five times every day, mm. the day before the fight, mm. you know, with, uh, yeah, with, you know. But, yeah. but at the end yeah. of the day, as you said, fame and fortune. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm like I'm no Brad Pitt, but um, it was wasn't too hard for me to 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 do what I wanted to do back then because of my fame and fortune. And um, you know, I don't really even like the person I was back no. then when I think of who I was, being able to manipulate and do what I wanted to do. But like I said, um, everything in life happens for a reason, and that and that loss maybe made me the person I am today because I learnt more through through defeat than I ever did through success. I can't believe respectfully that you become this bloke. You, it takes a lot to push your buttons these days. It takes a lot to push Jeff Phoenix buttons these days. This is a bloke that Mike Tyson said. This is a, a small mini Mike Tyson. Uh, content? Are you content, Jeff? Yeah, of course I am. I mean, I'm, I'm content. I would be content with one title because, like, when I when I travel the world and I see the likes of Vander Holyfield, who uh, I was with a month or so ago, mm. and when he was doing an interview, man, he mm. looked at me and he said, "That could just be the toughest small man that ever fought." You know, wow. Mike Tyson, you know. Said wow. I was his favourite fighter from Australia. Said I was the, one of the best trainers he's ever been with. So no, it's um, it's rewarding to know when your peers uh, look up to you, or when you you can get um, you know, some credit from your peers. And that's how I know who I am. I'm not worried about world titles. Not worried about belts. When a Vander Holyfield or Mike Tyson or Roberto Duran says that Jeff Fenny could fight, that means I could fight because they mm. they could fight. You, we're gonna. This is a bit of a segue, but. Uh, Vander Holly, you mentioned before, it was the first time that you ever start to get hurt in a spa. And do you know what? Uh, Vander Holyfield said the same thing in a Joe Rogan podcast. By the way, Rock, Billy, you told me we've got Joe Rogan on the show. Uh, next episode two is Joe Rogan, correct? Hopefully. Maybe episode three. 
Maybe you said episode, episode two. Three. Maybe four. It could be four. Could be five. Could be five. Joe Rogan right here. You get rocked. Rocked with Joe Rogan. Hey, Joe. Love your work. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Evander Holyfield said he first started to hurt in a spa with what a, what a gladiator against Andy Ruiz Jr. And he said that was when I knew there was no more in the real deal. Andy Ruiz Jr. She was no fluke. No, definitely so. But like I said, um, you as the fighter, you, 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 you can see the signs, but then you always think to yourself, we're going to go back into the office, we're going to get in that ring and it's going to change. But no, this is not a, a team sport. It's not where you've got 12 guys that, you can, that can help no. you get over the line. This is an individual sport. And when it's done, it's done. And um, yeah, my days were done and I kept fighting against it and trying to think that I could find that old Jeff Fennick. But uh, no, he was never there again. This has rocked. Episode one. And uh, JJ, Jeffrey Fennick, uh, we're joined by Kayla Fennick. And uh, what a young star she is, 23 years young. Tough one, tough one for Jeffrey, tough one for Kayla, tough one for Brock and Suze. She's a, a singer. She's also the girlfriend and partner of Brock Jarvis. And she can sing a storm. Ken, has she got a voice, the kid? Yeah, absolutely. Kayla's very talented. She's like a, a little sister to me. And, yeah. you know, I think surrounding herself with Brock as well, yeah. talent breeds talent. So it's very good. I think we've got a lot of talent in the room. You're a proud dad. I mean, we, as we've discussed, um, you made it home for Jess's wedding, but she's a very talented young girl. Uh, you've got to train Brock. And in many ways, you're the trainer here of the young filly. Oh, no, look, <laughs> Kayla's this kind of person. She's got all the ability in the world, all the talent in the world. She just needs to maybe take a leaf out of her um, partner's book and get dedicated and make sure this is what she wants and know what she wants. And if she does that, I think that, yeah, the world's a royster. I just think that she's got an amazing voice. She's an amazing talent. And she's beautiful. And so, um, you know. What have you got out there right now? The single on Spotify. Come on, um, plug it's, it. It's called Stay Up. Yeah. yeah. It's available on all platforms. It's yeah. featuring Swank Homie Said, just a young and up, oh, up, mate, up, I, upcoming I'm artist. Brilliant. I, I'm brilliant. I'm hooked. Absolutely hooked. <laughs> Regulating my rotation in my car, let oh, me tell you. Mate, and what's coming our way? What's coming our way? Um, I'm releasing a song at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, it's more towards the dance scene, so it'll be played probably in clubs yeah. and... It's Jeff's really seen me dance at Mandalay Bay. Really? Yeah, yeah. he said you're really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you dance on your back and on your legs. <laughs> oh, wow, where this might go. You're 23 years of age. I see you're like Whitney and Aretha Franklin, the Queen of Soul, Mariah Carey. But today, tonight, wherever you're joining us around the World Wide Web, this is rocked. And you're going to rock with a little bit of Lady Gaga. Yes. This young lady, if you're in Australia, she's done the Kyle and Jackie O show, but now she is rocking. This is rocked. This is Kayla Fennick. I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Crash through the surface where they can't hurt us. We're far from the shallow now. In the shallow in the shallow, in the shallow, we're far from the shallow now. Yeah, go sister. Well How done, hard is it to do that type of genre with no instrumentals? I think you're a star. I think you're a star. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us. Episode one. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Brought to you by Cabe. Cabe.com.au. Uh, since 1999, they're celebrating 20 years and 
Lubo says, g'day. Let's change the tune. You mentioned team sports, and so we had the Code Wars. Billy, massive fan. Massive fan of Code Wars. I want to say this. Again, we're going to be open, right? Well, maybe we can do this code that Billy, the producer, can fight Jeff Fennig, the boxer. I like Paul Gallen for the reason that he has not disrespected the sport. He never said that he'd come out and said, I'm going to be the greatest in the world. I'm, in fact, he has quite often said, I've got amateurs in there that are teaching me a lesson. Barry Hall is not on debut, I'm sorry. Barry Hall, as you know, is a supremely talented fighter, but as, has an amateur record. Uh, at 42, though, to get under the bright lights and dance... Um, against a man that's fresh out of a, a rugby league season, does that. Now, I know you've got a lot to say on this. I thought it was a cracking fight. I'm okay with the draw. You can come to that. Yeah, but let's, so. but, but let's, let's remember. Let's very much remember where the state of boxing is. If we're going to call a spade a spade. It was very smart marketing by Tony and Hyder and, and Danny Green to pull Gallon and Hall together to launch these young kids, beautiful kids, Andrew Maloney, and Jason Maloney, and give them a shot. Now, in America, they didn't care less about Barry Hall, Paul Gallon. It launched and got that name much, much bigger with top rank in America. But mm. here it got pay-per-view. Yeah, Mark, they can all say that, and that's all right. Why does Paul Gallon and... And, and I don't, I don't be, no, begrudge you one bit. Why does Paul Gallon and... Um, Barry, Barry Hall gets six hundred thousand, and this kid get twenty thousand. If he's the, you know, or something like that, I wouldn't. What's I exposure sure. worth? How do you put a dollar? Well, you, you've got all your sponsors here. Exposure is great. Exposure is yeah, great. Yeah. But all well, I'm you, saying you know, is, you know what it's like to be no, no, a exposure in America. And I care about Paul Gallon. Talk about. Yeah. I think Paul Gallon's done a great job. Yeah. I trained him for a little while there, and he's. I always thought he was. He, he could fight. He could if he was. Doing this early, we could be good. But then I heard Barry Hall say he's been training for six or seven weeks. But for months prior to that, I'd heard he'd been training with Will Tomlinson and stuff. So look, and and Barry Hall, wow, showed wow, so sh showed some yeah. great skills. Lead jabs, yeah, jabs, ah, the, the uppercut hook uppercut. and the, the yeah. movement of the, of the head for a big guy. So look, it was a great fight. And whether or not it was a draw, because I haven't watched it. Okay. I am, um, yeah. Okay. Whether or not it was a draw, I don't really know. I've had, I've heard people from. Victoria say Barry Hall won, and I've heard people from Sydney say... Round one, he jabbed, one. he jabbed Gal's head off. And I went, wow, wow. And then I'm thinking two-minute rounds, well, without saying yeah. too much, he still got... Uh, Paul got three-minute rounds, if you know what I mean. Well, also, I heard that like there, there were stages where he was holding for so long. Look mm. at that. Two minutes isn't long if you hold for 30, 10 seconds here or there, and then the referee comes over and cautions you. Then he goes and cautions the other guy. Then he goes back. That's that's a half a round gone. So, would um, you say that they yeah. would play into Barry's hands? Uh, 100% of played to Barry's hands. And, mm. you know, they, I mean, um, you know, that, that's boxing. Would you say, well, at the end, I got a, a text from Mark Geyer, wherever you're watching around the world, Miami or London. This is a, a firebrand rugby league player. And he said, How you got the cards? I said, Wow. I won't say exactly what I said, but I said um, it's taking a while and I reckon a rematch will pay well and I think everyone will buy it. And I wasn't far wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing that after the event. I did think it was a very, very close fight. I thought Barry Hall absolutely gave him leather poisoning that first round. He was doing things in, on debut that you just don't do, JJ. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it was billed exactly to what it was. Mm. It's two blokes that have an interest and a passion for boxing. Mm. Testing themselves against one another. Mm. I think people overcomplicate it and feel like they're making a joke out of the sport. In terms of remuneration and what these other fighters are putting in compared to your Paul Gallons. I can understand the boys being so hurt by what they're getting paid. But Jeff knows what I'm saying. It's business. It's cold, hard business. It is. It is. And what puts bums on seats? 
is what the promoters are going to put on. What put bumps on seats? That and I was Paul Gallon fighting, you know. That's uh, correct. But in America, but in America, what price for Aram and the top ranks of the world, matchroom boxing, etc., etc. The Maloney twins were showcased, and that mate, could be worth a lot of money. Let me just tell you something, Mark. Those both boys are amazing talents. Yeah, they're trained by Angela Hyder, who's my great friend, and um, yeah. mate, the more I watch them, yeah, you know, the more I enjoy watching them. And I, when I watched him in the in the Muhammad Ali series in the in the World Series, man, if he just would have started a little bit earlier, um, he would he would have been. You did tell me help yeah. me out with the Japanese young yeah, man. Well, he would have been there to fight. Wow! Yeah, yeah the, wow. The, 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 the monster, monster. the monster. Look, that wouldn't have been good for him, but um, you know, he would have been there. It shows you how good Nanito Denier was to to go the distance. Uh, what he done was what he done on that night was he 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 rose to the occasion and Denier put up one of the greatest fights that he's ever that he's ever competed. Yeah. Forget about winning. That loss was as good as any win that he ever had. Absolutely. Well, I, and I said, which again, I know that he caught Victor Chinian the first time around, the Raging Bull, the Armenian Australian, the Australian Armenian. But the second time round, I, I was honoured to be there for the second one at the Honda Centre. And and let me, no, 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 Corpus Christi. The Lexus Texas. Centre. No, 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 Corpus Christi and uh, in Texas. And let me tell you, Vic boxed his ears off for seven rounds. And then, you know, you're the former trainer. Then he wanted to show us that he could stand and trade. In the final round, and he was ahead on all cards. Ahead on all cards. All he had to do was stay away. But it shows you the ability of Vic Darchinian. Definitely who, so. Who, who who put the one twenty pound division back on the map? Certainly one of the toughest guys I've ever trained. One of the one, one of the most confident guys I've ever trained. And I think that maybe his overconfidence and um, being too confident uh, was his downfall to, to, towards the end because he just thought nobody could hurt him. But um, you your, trainer, like, you know, your trainer, Johnny Lewis, said sometimes we can be blessed with too much power. Yeah, I'm not talking about power. I'm talking about being overconfident, being cocky, mm. being, you know, um, mm. okay. that guy who just thinks that nobody can hurt him. Uh, he had that, in his, he has that, had that in his head for ever since I've known him. And, hey, you get hit properly in boxing, you'll be hurt. Don't worry about that. No doubt. Watch the first Nanito Donaire fight. Wow. Well, that again, he said that... A left hook from heaven. Well, he said that didn't hurt him. He said Billy Hussain stopped the fight too early for him. Billy Hussain, mate, what a great trainer, I, what I a great Billy person. I think Billy saved his life. Yeah, Billy done exactly what any normal... On that occasion, I'm getting in trouble. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this, is a, this is a young man, by the way. I, I'm with you, Bull. I mean, he took me to Armenia to announce his fight in front of the president and 12,000 Armenian people at the time. Uh, total respect, but he, uh, he he knows what we mean. No, 100%. He's ultra yeah. And you won't ask one person who's in the know in boxing, yeah. ask them whether Billy Hussain stopped the fight too early and they'll disagree. There's well, no, no, no way I, in the I, world. I'll go further than that. Jeff will tell you, he wasn't going to make, he, no, he no. make his feet. It's always no better way. stop a little early than a little late. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Boxing promoter Dean Lonigan from Duke O Events. He says, No, Joe, Duke made D&L promotions now. DNL promotions have signed Brock gotcha. up. Gotcha. Hopefully by the end of next year we'll have a world title fight, fighting on December the 18th. And um, Dean's been very, very helpful and supportive of young Brock Jarvis, and can't thank DNL promotions enough. Going there right now. So DNL promotions. Sorry, Dean, but I I did help him out in 2003 and went a couple of rounds with Frank Bunce, the most all ca- most capped all black centre in history. And that's for another day and another story, but we raised $1.3 million for male suicide. So Jay Opatea and the 21-year-old Brock Jarvis could both fight for world title in as little as 12 months, according to Lonigan. And if the Kiwi Test International gets his way, both title fights could be here in Australia. He said, well, why not? He said they said that I couldn't, I couldn't get Manny here, the Pac-Man here. 
He did for Jeff Horn. Wow, this is an exciting time. Opatea fought at the Horton Pavilion, um, home to some of your great victories, and put on a, a magnificent display against Bam Bam uh, Mark Flanagan on Saturday night. Uh, who are Angelo and yeah, yeah, yeah. Alfie and the team that the Carlos have helped out so much. I, mean, I And again, man of the match at the corner. They stopped it in the eighth, but he was so yeah. brave. Look, ace promotions, Angelo DiCarlo is most probably the, <clears throat> the best promoter in Australia. Um, you know, um, he's one of these guys who always puts on great fights. And um, he knew it was going to be a tough job for Mark. But um, look, Mark done the best he could. Uh, Mark's had a, his last couple of fights have been very, very difficult fighting for world titles. And I just think the edge has just gone off, Mark. But listen, Joe Apatay is one guy that's got amazing potential. And listen, talking about um, Ruiz Jr. Mm. rocking Holyfield, mm. Joy Sparting, he hasn't rocked Joy. Joy's this, got this amazing chin. One of Joy's amazing attributes is that, I've, listen, I've seen him spar Bowie Tupu, I've seen him spar. Carly Means, Willis Mean. I've never seen anybody hurt him, and um, uh, that's, that's 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 a big statement. But he's he's got look. The world's at his feet at the moment. Now he's does he just... have to base himself? I'll, I'll put it to you. If our fighters have the successful camp behind them, and there's only a couple of green machines, there's only a couple of Jeff Fennick sponsors and, and and big promoters that can do this. Does Dry have to spend more time in the states to get what he needs, so far as a step up, even so far as sparring no, goes no definitely no. not Wilson um, that's up to Dean Lonigan now yep. as he's, and, and Mick Francis who's a great guy who champion probably, yeah St. So Gregory's College to, of Campbelltown right. a former Rabbitoh it's up to these guys now to make sure they bring out the right sparring partners They listen you've got to invest money to make money mm-hmm. and um, I think Joy's a great investment well I hope you're right hashtag I'm the right. Southport I'm right we tagged him that on a footy show fight night hashtag yeah. the Southport trust me I know about boxing I'm right Joy I'm waiting for that t-shirt Hashtag the Southpaw. Um, so, fast 25 forward. bucks and you'll have one. <laughs> well, you'd think the bloke that came up with the creative would get a t-shirt. Come on, taps. Like fair dinkum. Now, tell me. Jackie Brubaker goes up a weight. He has 20 fights. He's 16 wins. He's got the, he's got the two losses. And uh, he's got eight KOs on his CV, on his winning CV. And he steps up against... Tim Zhu, who is probably the most, arguably the biggest name on the Australian boxing landscape. And Jackie steps up. The date is locked. Give me the date again. The date is the 6th of December. Okay. Tell me how Jack Brook Baker. I, I, I can see that this is one bloke that will go to war for you. Um, and that perhaps could be his, not only his greatest asset, but also... a. a, a downfall that he... Yeah, I understand exactly yeah, what you're saying, yeah. Mark. Well, look, help, um, me, help me. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you. This kid, um, well, since he's come to the gym with me, um, yeah, when we went out, it has been nothing but a joy to, to be around. He's an amazing character, but mm-hmm. he's a hard, hard worker. Mm-hmm. And you can't ask for no more than that. And um, look, we've got a game plan, and I honestly believe that if he can implement our game plan mm-hmm. on December the 6th, he will give Tim Zhu... His toughest fight ever, and um, look, um, there's been plenty of upsets in, in the sport of boxing. And again, if he can implement our game plan, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an upset. Well, I put that to you. I said, uh, you know, some of the pundits are saying, well, this is just easy target practice for Tim Zoo, and 
Yeah, I think well, you said to me, watching, and you said to me, Mark, did they say the same about Jeff Horn? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. watching, yeah, watching, watching um, yeah. Jack in his last few fights, you would think yeah. so. But like yeah. I said, um, hopefully, um, I've been able to help him. And how's his power at the weight? Oh, he's great. I know we we've been sparring light heavyweights, and we've been sparring lots of rounds, and he's had no problem at all. But like I said, Tim Shoes a special fighter. Comes from in great categories. Got, I mean, um, great genes and. Man, when I watch him, man, yeah, he never ceases to amaze me. And people are saying, you know, he might not be half as good as his dad. Well, let me tell you, if he can be half as good as his dad, he'll be one of Australia's greatest ever fighters. Tim Zhu, and I, I spoke to, just after you left um, from the gym, and then I spoke to Kostya for Fight Callout and the people at Epicenter.tv, Adam White and the team. That's a very good evening to you, wherever you join us around the world. And I... I I said to Kostya, and he was being very polite in his way of saying, I said, how, in in short, how do you stay hungry when you've slept on satin sheets? Here's a bloke, Kostya Zoo, that was given eight chickens to take out, feed them for eight weeks, and then bring them back as dinner. I heard that his answer was, how do you do that, Mark? (laughs) You know what I'm saying. And he he agreed, and he thought it was a good point, that I, I agree with you. The bloke has all the talent in the world, but can you possibly, JJ, stay as hungry as a bloke, as cold-blooded, I mean it respectfully, as cold-blooded as Kostya Zoo inside the ring? My opinion, and I come from a father that is very successful, mm. made his own way. Mm. So in terms of following your father's footsteps, is probably not a better person to speak to. Mm. My father is the Kostya Zoo of the... Of the auto trade. Auto trade. Yeah. That hunger, that will, that grit is hereditary. Mm. It gets passed down. And seeing, been... and seeing where hard work can take you, let me tell you, Tim is ready, willing, and able. But you told me you were declaring an interest that you're well and truly in the Jack Brubaker corner. Jack's my boy. <laughs> Jack is my boy. And I will stand by my boys yeah. forever. Let yeah. me tell you... On Friday, Sydney City Toyota took out their ambassadors, Cooper Cronk, Damian Cook, Anthony Minicello, Jeff Fennick, Brock Jarvis, Pat Farmer. It was the who's who. Yeah. Jack Brubaker, in his leopard print shirt, stood up in front of the table and with such conviction said, I'm fighting Tim. I'm not fighting his last name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm around Team Fennick a lot. And I've, I've seen the Jack Brubaker that is now. And if people think that Jack, the same Jack that fought Ty Telford, that fought Kennedy, is going to be the same Jack that walks out December 6th, the whole world's in for a shock. What about the pull and the weights? He's a welterweight. Is he a sucked down welterweight, Mark? Maybe. i tell you one that was, and Jeffrey, saw it, Jeffrey and I saw that. In Vegas against Terence Crawford, and that's a different story. Jeff Horn was a sucked-up welter and did it easy at junior middle, but then to jump to middleweight, my goodness, while we're on that, Mick Zarafa, Jeff Horn, leave all emotion out. Yeah, I think if that was me, it'd be very hard for me to to fight, um, but um, yeah, that's Michael Zarafa's. Um, okay, I want to, yeah, 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 yeah please. That's his, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's his uh, question he has to answer, yeah. but I, I know if that happened to me sparring, and um, yeah. I'd be away for twelve. I don't know, mate. Who knows if I'd ever fight again? But I would mm. um, would have been on a plane or a boat and just got away from everything and tried to relax and think, wow, what 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 have I been a part of? And I mean, it's, I know it's not not his fault at all. And, and no. Michael's such a lovely kid. Yeah. I spoke to him the day after, and um, look, um, 
I just wish that. Oh, well, I'm not sure how his head is, but I just hope that um, when he fights Jeff Horn again, his head's right because um, he deser- he doesn't deserve to be going through this pain. I um, I actually got to interview Dwight Richie, the the fighting cowboy, one week earlier for Team Ellis, and you know what the sort of kid he was? He put his hand up. Mitch Leake, uh, his mum, I think you'll find, is big in the jumps. It was who made his professional debut just gone two nights ago. And he said, I'll, I'll come in there. And he, he gave Mitchell Leake three rounds as an exhibition. And, and the, so it was the D- Dwight Ritchie Cup. And, and uh, I think you'll find that our, our referee on the night held both hands aloft. And mm. the kid was in just such a good space. Well, it's I, such a I think the whole boxing world is going to help this kid. And yeah. on uh, the Joya Patea fight night, um, uh-huh. I uh, donated a, a Zuma Nelson Jeff Fennick glove sign with yep. a photo and stuff. And um, Paul Higgins um, from Higgins Air Conditioning. Okay. Um, Paul Griffin, maybe? Paul Griffin, sorry. Paul One of Griffin. my great mates. Sorry, sorry, that's it. No, Paul you're right. Griffin. Griffin Air. Griffin Air. Griffinair.com.au. Well, he, he bid $6,000 for that. Right. Uh, and wait, and he won it. Yeah. And then 15 minutes later, he walked over me and said, Jeff, there's now 10000 for this family. And, um, wow. You can't, I, look, I can't thank him enough. So, um, wow, what a great man he is. Yeah, he's got Griffin Air. And he's, Griffin Air. Yeah. Um, we were with each other only a couple of weeks ago while you were away. Um, a mate of ours, 50th. And he also runs the Sydney Bulls Club in his, in his uh, spare time. He's from a wonderful, wonderful family. And he'll be listening to this, but he's a champion bloke. Um, the and cap- I also, I just yeah, want to give yeah, a quick shout-out to Dara Foley as well, who fought on the mm-hmm. night. He uh, defeated James Bacon, I'm going to say, by unanimous decision. And on his shorts, he had a big cowboy hat and rest in peace underneath. He's actually auctioning off his shorts yeah. and giving all the proceeds to the Dwight Ritchie uh, GoFundMe page as well. So you can get that on uh, Dara Foley's Facebook as well. And Rob Fogarty's got WBC belt signed by me. I think I've seen the last bit around two $2,000 something. So look, the whole boxing world's going to help his family, and I think that we should. I think we should all yep. get together on every fight night for as long as we... Um... How many babies are there? Yeah, there's three. 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 Okay, yeah. we're going to look after them. And I think if you, if you went to JJ's, if you went to Jeff's, uh, Facebook page, you went to my Facebook page, but I think if you just go Dwight Ritchie, go fund me page, I think you told me, JJ, they're already up around $40,000. Yeah, around 40000 at the moment. And for the naysayers that are going to come out and tell us how bad boxing is, I reckon the cowboy would agree with me. He had no doubt that without boxing, he would not either not be here or in jail. So to, to all you guys, perhaps it's another case of how many lives boxing does save, Jeff. Yeah, definitely so, Am. Well, can kind of guarantee it saved mine had I not walked into the youth club at a, as a 17 year old. Mm. Again, I, I'm, I'm just, I use the same words as Dwight. Only God knows what it would have been. Mm. Uh, you know, I was blessed. I met a man by the name of Johnny Lewis, and um, now my, my life was turned around. You've mellowed. All right, my man, JJ, hit me with the local rap. Hit me with the, hit me with the local and international rap because then I'm going to come back with my heavyweight algorithm. And Jeff's going to tell me why Mike Tyson is in the conversation as one of the, the greatest of all time in the heavyweight division. So we'll start with uh, Andrew, Andrew Maloney, who became Australia's latest world champion, capturing the WBA interim super flyweight title. Mm-hmm. Tough fight. Tough fight. Got as bad as close to being dropped as you possibly I could. his knee did touch the canvas. Yeah, it was It was definitely close. Maybe not. Maybe I was... What are you saying? I'm wrong? T- don't it, say it. Have an opinion. Can't be a love fist. His knee touched. Thank you. 
Right, so go and get rocked. I was right. But uh, other than that, it was a masterclass. He clo- closed his opponent's eye, boxed well, I yeah. thought. These Maloney's. Yeah, great kids, they, aren't they? Great kids. Yeah. They go from strength to strength, from fight to fight. I met Tony Tolge a long time ago via Jeffrey to a guy called Craig Christian of Harry's Gym. And Tony was hired as a graphic designer. The rest is history. I don't think I've met anyone that lives, eats, and sleeps boxing. He loves his boys. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, very much. I just met he him. He was um, stoked to meet you, actually. Yeah, I met, him, yeah. I met him in Macau. Wow, what a great man. Yeah, he's a good kid, and he's one of Craig's boys. Okay, what's next, champion? Now, I hate to play devil's advocate yep. here, but mm-hmm. the belt that Maloney won, uh, Andrew, that is, mm-hmm. is actually the interim WBA super flyweight title to the currently active champion, Carl Yaffai. Mm-hmm. Now, through no fault of his own, Maloney hasn't gotten that fight yet. And I know how competitive these twins are. Mm-hmm. So I still think to be the man, he's got to beat the man. And that Yafai name has been on his lips for easily 12 months. 12 months. It seems to be an alphabet soup in terms of all these belts, especially around the WBA. Well, it is. I th- I knew, uh, Chris John, featherweight of the, the decade. And they made a world super belt, and then you have the, the world champ, and then you had the silver and the interim. That's the way it is if we're not pulling punches. That's the WBA. That's boxing. Okay. Yeah, that seems to be boxing at the moment. On to Jason Maloney, who looked tremendous. Took him two rounds to, dis- uh, to dispose of Dixon Flores, and he mm-hmm. was effortless. Punching to the body, they're great punches. The Maloney's arguably the best in Australia, rivaled by uh, Brocky Jarvis, mm-hmm. but they just looked flawless. And I think the coolest thing from the night was Andrew said the job's fifty percent done. He said I'm world champion now, but the other half will be fulfilled when my brother becomes world champion early two thousand and twenty. And I think that's that's a nice sentiment to be uh, mirrored around it's boxing. Beautiful, I'm beautiful. It's almost like these kids are too nice to be boxers, Brock Brock included. Although he, when he steps through the rope, he's got mean intentions. Brock yeah, exactly. They've, they've got to have that switch, you know. And yeah. Jeff, yeah. Jeff will tell you, like anyone, it's that, it's that mentality of and that stubbornness. Yeah. Like that stubbornness he showed in uh, in Thailand. I think that gets gets you over the line in in a lot of circumstances. Well, nearly, nearly never got me. You got me under the line. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly right. You're right. On to uh, Jai Patay, which we touched yeah. on before. Yeah. You gave me some notes on this, and I haven't got them, but that's all right. You're doing well on debut. You do a, you are you're you're braining them. Strength to strength for yeah. Jai. I mean, the the kid seems to be getting better. Yeah. And in terms of, I think step up in opponent, I think that's exactly what he needs for his career. Clinical, precise, and I think there was a bit of talk about a, a lack of power around the traps in the in the boxing community. Mm-hmm. It was Jai's got the the skills, but does he have that? Does he have that crack and? I don't know whether it was it was the punches that, that you don't see or the speed or the precision or the precision of what Jai was throwing on the night, but he def- definitely didn't seem to be lacking in lacking in power too much on the night. What definitely do you think? showed power, mate. He had that, that beautiful straight left hand that with the delayed reaction that knocked Flanagan down and then some other shots. Look, him to my friends all, in America. He's got it all if he needs it. To our friends in America or the UK, write down the name, J-A-I, Jai Opatea. Now, you'll need that spelled O-P-E-T-A-I-A. Write the name down. He's coming your way soon. Gal Hall, I think we I, I think we touched on it touched enough. On Dwight Ritchie, GoFundMe. Uh, I think we can do that as well. And uh, look at that. You've just given me the champ's record. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for another time. We'll, we're running out of time, and this is episode one. This is Rocked. But before you go, Jeffrey, I've always wanted to ask you this. Tell me why 
your man, Mike Tyson, and I was fortunate enough to introduce him at the Sydney International Convention Centre for his one-man show, which is amazing. Tell me why he's in the conversation if we talk about heavyweights post Muhammad Ali. Include Muhammad Ali. Include Muhammad. Why is he in the conversation, and where does he see, where does he sit? Well, people look at him and think that um, as a youngster he was invincible. Mm. And again, um, when I think of Mike Tyson and the losses in his career, who beat Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson beat himself. Mm. Fame, fortune, and all that stuff, and sex prior to fights. And listen, Mike at his best training at his best, I think could have been the greatest heavyweight in history. He never done that. So we, we can't say that. But um, I, I honestly believe that with his speed and power and the precision of his punches, um, if, if it's a, a, a little, a little two-letter word that you know, means a lot, but I just, if Customato and, um, you know, I mean, I would have loved to have him as a young kid. I would have loved to train him as a youngster instead of when I got him. But man, that, Look, he had the skill, the ability, the power to be the greatest heavyweight of all time. If Joe Rogan's listening, Jeff, is it the most ferocious beast that you've ever seen up close and personal when he's when he's on? Oh, wow. And look, yeah, when I, Mike had that switch. When he switched it on, um, there was no one better. But, um, you know, um, like I said, um, it's, you know, a champion is... is somebody who concentrates for 24 hours a day. Mike would go to the gym and he'd go and do things and go and party. And like I said, success really ruined him. And um, look, it, it's very hard to handle success when you come from a background of Mike Tyson or Jeff Fennigan. How do you, how do you handle success when you've never had it? How you've never, you've never been used to it. Yeah. How do you handle millions of dollars when you haven't had it and you've never been used to it? It's a much heavier topic that, that he touches on that I won't go to tonight, but I will another time because, uh, any lady that thinks they're going to Mike Tyson's room for tea and scones, but that's a different subject. Yeah, I I, I hear your argument. Well, well, no lady should go to the room if they if and, and think they're having teas and scones. I mean, um, you know, and I'm, I'm all for and I'm for capital punishment. By the way, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah. for capital punishment. Absolutely. Um, my, I know that my friend went to jail and he was innocent. I know that factually. I've... Well, if he was guilty. <laughs> They you either put you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he's but doing, I'm not, he's doing see, he's doing I'm life. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too yeah. worried about any of that. Yeah, I just yeah. know that being the person he was with the with the, the name and mm. everything else, Sam. I've been there. I've, I've, I've you know I've been in trouble for something I've never even been involved in. I got charged with assaulting a green grocer. I didn't even I, I didn't <laughs> even throw a punch. I wasn't even. Were you there? Yeah, of course I was there. Okay. I was there. Yeah, I was, didn't even get involved. So not the dreaded yeah, green yeah, grace, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this. That just happens, Em. You know, there sometimes you know the celebrity status. Um, mm. Yeah, you're there, so. Yeah, I want to preface what I said then because there will be some narcs. I did the one man show. Jeff knows what I'm saying, and he discusses the topic in great detail. And I want to make it very, very clear that I believe in capital punishment for that offence. If he was guilty, I'm not so convinced. I have one here, and, and look, so we're not counting, you know, as you go, I'm not counting the Klitschko brothers, um, and then I see Evander's at 11, well, and I see Liston's at 10, and he was perhaps owned by colourful identities in, this is Ring Magazine, this is Ring Magazine, you got Rocky Marciano, you got Jack Johnson, you got the Brown Bomber, Joe Lewis, but we're talking post-Ali, remember, we're talking post-Ali, I have number 19 at number one. A man by the name of Big Daddy Riddick Bow, the man that beat the man who beat the man twice. That's yeah, what you call uh, an algorithm. Let me let me let's go back then if we want to talk about that. Styles make fights. Yeah. Roberto mm. Duran beat Ray Leonard. Yeah. Roberto Duran beat Aram Barkley. Yeah. 
um, get, gets knocked out by Tommy Hearns. Tommy Hearns gets knocked out by Barkley, gets beaten by Barkley. It styles make fights. And um, look, um, I was there when the fan man came in. I, I guarantee yeah. he'd be quite holy if he tried the same trick again. That was the second the, Holyfield. The second of yeah, the, the Holyfield the, yeah, fights. Yeah, the trilogy. The and trilogy. again, not just styles make fights. The period when Mike was getting beaten, that wasn't the Mike Tyson that uh, that I know. And that was, yeah, that was a shadow of the Mike Tyson that, you know, still try to give us what we wanted, but he it just It was a shadow that yeah, fought Lennox Lewis. It just couldn't deliver. Yeah. No, no. JJ, who's the best post Ali? To me, it's hard to go by Big Daddy. I had a, a good yeah. chat with a friend of mine, Bowie Tupu, about this whole thing, and yeah. it's hard to go past him. Jeff's exactly right. Styles make fights, but in terms of skills and... The jab and, and light on his Anyway, feet. the greatest heavyweight of all time, his the, name is Joe Lewis. That's well, my he's number two here, the brown yeah, bomber. Yeah, Joe Lewis was, was the most... Why yeah, is tech- he the greatest? Well, Why? because he was technically perfect. Ali had this flair where he was fast and did things wrong, got away with it. Joe Lewis was the, was the perfect boxer. He was perfect, and I loved watching him. Um, if you look at punches that we're supposed to throw today, go back to Joe Lewis, and he throws them perfectly. There's a man sitting at 10, Sonny Liston. I was just trying to say that some colourful people from apparently, uh, you know, perhaps the mob owned Sonny Liston, and some say that he could well have been the best of all time. Ali sits on top, but there's strong arguments for Joe Louis, as there is for Marciano. And we talked about Mike Tyson. We talked about Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield, and the Big Daddy at 19. It's an amazing honour to be on your first show, Rocked. JJ, you calling this one off? No muss. It's all over. No more, no more. He calls an end. JJ calls an end to Rocked. Episode 1. Referee has seen enough. They've stopped the contest. With thanks to Cabe, cabe.com.au, wherever you might be around the world. Check them out. Have a look at Australia. Cabe style. Cabe.com.au. Until next time, this, this is Rocked. Rocked.